get everything going here. Still, as you guys know, it takes a minute. A minute or so to get things going. Gotta make sure the stream's running. Make sure you guys can hear me. Make sure the volumes are right. Make sure that everything is ticking the way it's supposed to be doing. Ticking, ticking. Keep your own time ticking, I suppose. Folks on that other podcast say. True, 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 true crime all the time. He likes to listen to that one. They talk about crime. Unsolved and solved. Good morning, Rainier. Bright and early. Three, two, one, go. The so sound of that song. The fact that that song is on means it is Friday. My goodness, guys. Goodness gracious. Good morning, Rainier. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Red. Remember, everyone deployed. Yes. I was, you know, if you guys are watching this right now, there's a couple, few folks out there, I should say a couple, a few folks out there watching live, always much appreciate the folks that get up early and watch it. Um, of course, we do the Red Fridays. Um, and I'm going to bring this up later. What I would like to do, and it's keeping OPSEC in mind, and if you guys know the military, you know OPSEC. Um, keeping OPSEC in mind, do you guys know of units we can highlight any of the services that are deployed right now? And obviously, I'm worried worry about OPSEC. OPSEC. So we don't want to say where they're at or what they're doing or anything like that. Some units, maybe we don't want to say that they're deployed. But if you have a unit that we'd like to highlight right here, excuse moi, s'il vous plaît. Um, there's someone you want to highlight a unit, a soldier, an airman, sailor, marine, space forceman. I don't know what their term is for the Space Force. If you have someone you'd like to highlight here on a Friday, let me know so we can get them highlighted, the unit, the person, the, the post, whatever. It would be cool to cool to do that on a Red Friday. Remember when everyone deployed? I did this week. You know, last week I failed on this, but this week I got the cup out. I have to leave it open, though. That Illy Coffee in there is Far too hot if you close it up. Those are great, great cups. We're going to put them up for sale, but right now you can only win them. If you got one of these cups, you got one of these cups in any shape or form, uh, the Cyber Recon cups, there's a bunch of them on the shelf over there, blue, green, some rose, gold, pearl, white, obviously the, the red deployed. Every, remember everyone deployed. Though, right now you can only get those by winning them, uh, but we're going to put them up for sale too. Not that you know I want your money. I'd like you to have a nice, cool red cup. Remember, everyone deployed. So that's Friday. That's Friday. Man. Do you got anything good planned this weekend? What are your weekend plans? Anything awesome going on? Anything exceptional going on? I'm going to go out to the Shenandoah. I think the leaves maybe already have turned, but we're going to go out and check it out. From the air. Uh, I need to get in the air and look at things. So hopefully that all works out. We do have a really big shoe. Big shoe for you today. 
Uh, we're talking talk, touch on the McAfee or McAfee article about the number of exploits they figured out in second quarter of this year. Pretty crazy year we're having. Um, and then we're going to jump in. I know we talked about looking at the lab, but let's look at the lab next week because i got Adam adding something to the lab I want to show you. I want to show you, and we'll do that next week. Maybe we'll do it by you know either Wednesday or Friday next week. And I know I think, Mike, you wanted to see that. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that's what we got going on. You guys know we got to have something to talk about, some other other than cyber to talk about, and that's today. D is going to love this. D loves it, not only Taco Tuesday, but she loves it when it's National Nacho Day. Nacho Day. So D is going to give me a bad time because I, I love some Mexican food. Tex-Mex, Mexican, real Mexican, Tex-Mex. Nachos, tacos, burritos, chimichangas, all of the above. So National Nacho Day, go get a nacho. Enjoy a nacho. Who has the best nachos? Who do you think has the best nachos? These look pretty dang good. This is a picture from the interwebs. That's some kind of pulled pork nacho. Which looks looks awesome, even this early in the morning. Eric is here. Good morning, Eric. If I can find my mouse, I'll put your morning on the screen. Good morning. Good morning. So we do have some stuff to cover. We're going to look at the prepare step and again I, I i think nist did a great job in a lot of things um one thing i missed they missed the ball on a couple things though but i think categorization i think they missed the ball on categorization that's my thought my view of the world you know they're got some smart people there smart big brains doing their thing at nist but i think you missed the mark on the way that we do uh, the baseline development. Baseline. I think we should went with the intelligence community. The way the intelligence community does it, the way the NSS and DOD does it, with the three, uh, the objective level baselining instead of the high watermark. I think the high watermark adds extra complexity that it doesn't need to add. I think if you did it with the, the traditional baselining from the intelligence community, the traditional baselining from the NSS and the DOD, I think that's the better way. I think that's the better way. Jim's view of the world. Right now, the problem is CNSSI 12.53 is at revision 4, and NIST has moved ahead to revision 5 of 53, so there's a mismatch right now, so really... I don't know when they're going to catch up with that. The other thing we've got going on, you guys know, Trivia Night's coming up. It's on the 19th. 19th of November, 7 p.m. East Coast time. Come out and enjoy some trivia. Grab your beverage of choice. It's live. Uh, you play with the questions coming off of a live stream, and you submit the answers by a program called Socrative. And you can do that through a web browser. You don't have to give up any information that way. Or you can download the um, app. And the app you download from Socrative. It's not from us. But it's a cool tool to use so and keep track of who is winning and who's going to win the prizes like a cool cup like this, a cool water bottle, uh, t-shirts like this. Um, okay, you choose it. Mike Bravo's been winning like crazy lately, but uh, come out to Trivia Night. Check it out. Check it out, man. It's it's a fun time. It's about runs about an hour, hour and a half ish deal. Say it runs about two hours. I don't think it runs that long. About an hour and a half, hour. Forty questions, four domains. We'll pick four domains. Ten questions per domain. Run through the questions. 
most most generally multiple guess generally multiple guess so man if you pick 25 percent it's a couple fill in the blanks we'll probably do i think we're gonna bring movie trivia movie trivia back this time i like the movie trivia and we'll figure out what we can circle around to give you some movie trivia and we'll figure out what the other three domains are later so let's roll the intro and get into the news Do do do. Hello, McAvee. Uh, McAvee report examining cyber criminal activity related to malware and the evolution of cyber cyber threats, cyber threats in second quarter 2020. During this period, there was an average of one of 419 threats per minute, new threats per minute, as overall. New malware samples grew by 11.5%. Crazy. Uh, proliferation of malicious Microsoft Office documents propelled by new PowerShell attacks were up by 117%. The global impact of COVID-19 prompted cyber criminals to adjust their cybercrime campaign to lure victims with pandemic themes. Second quarter of 2020 saw continued developments in innovation of threat categories such as PowerShell malware and the quick adoption by cyber criminals to target organizations through employees working from remote environments. That's old news now, guys. Come on, that's old news. They've been doing that for a while. What began as a trickle of phishing campaigns and the occasional malicious app quickly turned into a deluge of malicious URLs on cloud users and capable threat actors leveraging the world's thirst for more information on COVID-19. Thirsty, thirsty world uh, looking for COVID-19 information. PowerShell, man, you got, you got a lot of places you can't turn it off. You can't, sometimes you can't disable PowerShell. Um, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? You gotta figure out where, where it's at, put some logging in place. Uh, malware overall grew by four, 419 new threats per minute. Container malware has gone up. Coin miner malware is up. Mobile malware um, kind of kind of slowed. Uh, slow 15%, so it's down down to about 60 percent or so. Internet. The Internet of Things malware grew by seven percent. Just it's it's a bad 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 world out there, guys. If you're working in cybersecurity risk or information security, this is a good time to be in the field. Do your job, do the good things, and help secure your organization. Take care of your friends, your family, your coworkers, that kind of stuff. Hmm. That's some dandy coffee. Dandy coffee. If you guys know, uh, if you don't want to watch the video, you can always get this on its audio-only version in any of the podcast, you know, any of the, the pod, iTunes or Amazon or Google, wherever you get your i, get it, wherever you get your downloaded podcasts from, you can find Cup of Cyber out there talking about these very things. 
So that's your that's that's the only article we're talking. There wasn't a lot of news today. Kind of a quiet day. This this report it's always good to check out the report that McAfee puts out. Let's see. Yeah, you can check it out. There's a link to McAfee's website within the article. Articles from HelpNet Security. We see them from time to time putting stories out. HelpNet Security. So check out their article. See what they got going on. What do you guys what are you guys doing to protect your organization? What what's the big thing you guys got that's helping you out? Is it mostly in you know training of your users? Is it a technical protection? Is it what is it that helps the most without giving too much information away? That's what I want to know. Interest inquir inquiring minds want to know. Today's today's show probably gonna not run as long as it's been running this week as we jump into PowerPoint. Come on, PowerPoint, work with me. Almost there. Always. Thanks. The Mac. The Mac always has this this hard time getting to this full screen presentation mode. So this morning we talked about the RMF cap, ISC squared cap certification. You know, both. You know, if you don't know the RM, if you know the RMF, you know the material for the cap exam. The ISC squared six hundred dollar cap exam. This morning we'll talk about the prepare step. And this is one of the things we went we talked about in the RMF class the other day. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you were there. I think you were, yeah, you brought this up, I think. Man, I guess that was all the way back in Tuesday, so I can't remember that Eric brought this up. Um, but I figured it was worth walking through with, with the, the interwebs, walking through the prepare step, because uh, Eric thought it was, you know, it was worthwhile going back and circling in. Most of the courses that teach the RMF, as I'm finding out, don't even teach the prepare step. And the reason is because it's new. It's about a year old. But it's not on the CAP exam yet. It's not on the CAP exam yet. It's a huge part of the RMF. It's about a third of the tasks you have to do in the entirety of the RMF. Um, so I think it's important to talk about. I'm glad that Eric brought it up. Um, mouse runner, make sure I'm on the thing. So <clears throat> this is the traditional RMF cycle from our friends at NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. And they've got prepare, <laughs> Eric told me, yeah, he was there, uh, sitting squarely in the center of the circle here. And why they did, they did that, they did that, I'm not sure. True crime. He loves that true crime all the time. Gibby, Mike and Gibby, or Mike and Gibby, Mike is Gibby, or I don't know, they're keeping their, keep your own time ticking is what they say. We need to, you know, I don't know. So, NIST has this, this view of prepare right there in the center. Um, that's process initiation. And then the traditional, the old school, RMF circles around it. Categorize, select, implement, assess, authorize, monitor. Uh, we don't call them step. We don't number them anymore. So that numbering, step one, step two, you know, that doesn't, that phase one, phase two, that doesn't happen anymore. We don't, we don't do that anymore. Um, so we've got prepare in the middle here. And there's two halves of prepare. There's organizational prepare and there's system level prepare. Um, and I think they put in the middle so it shows it's supporting the entire cycle. 
which okay, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that part of it. Um, but remember, each each step supports the cycle as well. So each step categorize, support, select, and categorize, support, select, and categorize and select, support, implement. So really, everything supports everything, and you can always go back at any time to any step or any task to redo it or update it. So we could be in implement, we implementing controls, and we realize, hey, we missed a control, we missed a information type, we have to go all the way back to categorize, we add the information type, we update things, and maybe that requires us to select new controls and implement new controls. So we can always go back. So I don't, again, let's prepare on the outside. And you're going to see why I don't, again, some of the things I don't agree with NIST on, this is one of them. I don't like generally like this graphic, but it is the graphic from 837 revision 2 in this figure 2 risk management framework. So if you go to look in the book, that's what you're going to see. This is directly out of NIST other than the color. I gave it our green color because then it works in instead of being blue. Um, so if you look in 37, the purpose of the prepare step is to carry out essential activities at the organization, mission, and business process and information system levels of the organization. That's our tier 1, tier 2, and tier 3, right? to help us prepare the organization to manage its security and privacy risks, risks, security and privacy risks using the risk management framework. So that's right out of the book. That's, that's the purpose. This is why we do the prepare step. This is why we do the tasks in the prepare step. And there's 18 tasks in the prepare step, right? So that's a lot of, that's a lot to do in, in the prepare step, but it's split in half. And this is one of the things I think NIST missed out on is there's two different focuses of prepare, right? So first, we have organizational prepare, right? And that's these seven tasks right here. So risk management roles. We have to set roles and responsibility for the organization. Who's the authorizing officials? Who's the chief information officer? Who are the ISOs? Important in this task to define those things in writing. You should get appointment orders of some type that says, hey, you're an ISO. Hey, you are the CIO. Hey, you're the risk executive function, or this board is the risk executive function. You've got to define those up front because we have to assign tasks to those roles. Starting in the very next task, right? Risk management strategy. This is the organizational level. So what's the risk management strategy at the organizational level? Are we risk averse? Are we risk seeking? Are we risk neutral? Um, do we have an insurance provider that provides cyber insurance? Are we offloading some of those tasks to the insurance provider? Um, how do we view risks? What are we worried about? How are we going to manage risk? What have we looked at? How are we determining how we're going to deal with risk? Um, and what, what do we do when we uncover new risks, right? What's the reporting of risk look like? Who's responsible for it, right? Um, next task is risk assessment at the organization level. So let's do that risk assessment. Who are we worried about? What are our critical systems, right? What uh, is our important information? What's the, the top level things we have to worry about? What are the crown jewels in the organization? And who keeps us up at night? What threats keep us up at night? And then there's an optional step. There's a couple optional steps here. Um, 
organizationally tailored baselines. And this one, it's also cybersecurity framework profiles as well. This is an optional step. So if you have a specific type of information system, maybe you use a lot of Docker containers. So you want to have a Docker baseline. You can build it here. Or maybe you think, maybe you've got an ultra ultra high system, right? Maybe you're using high watermark and NIST gives you low, moderate, and high, and you want to have ultra high that provides a, more than the 365 controls that the high watermark provides. Maybe you want to have 400 controls so you can build your own baselines in this, this task. Common control identification is prepare five. That's important. We have to define of the controls in the organization, which of them can be common controls, which can be provided by tier one and tier two. Who's going to be responsible? Who's the common control provider? Who is going to be responsible because those common control sets have to be treated like a system. They have to go through and get an authorization just like an information system would. So if you have physical security controls, gates, guns, and guards, locks on doors, roving security, that kind of stuff, somebody has to be responsible for it. Probably whoever's, whoever's responsible for physical security gets those controls. And then we can list them as being available for inheritance once they get an ATO. So we have to identify those things right here. And we know that if we look back to yesterday's lesson, and we talked about 853, revision five, we know that table in the back, we can go there and we can say, hey, these are probably good controls to look at to be common controls. That's, that's where we can start with. Uh, impact level prioritization is another optional step. If we're using that high, high, high moderate and low scheme of baselines, Maybe we have a lot of moderate systems, and you're going to find this uh, in your organization. Generally, you're going to have 10 or 15% at low, 10 or 15% at high, and the rest are going to be in the middle, right at moderate. So maybe you have to create some impact level prioritization. So we know of all the moderate, maybe there's a 500 moderate systems, but we can't do 500 at one time. So let's say now in moderate, we're going to split that into three different levels. We're going to create stratification at the moderate level. We're going to have high moderate, moderate moderate, and low moderate. And now we can say, okay, with our resources, let's do the high moderate first. We give them the most detailed look, and then we'll get to the moderate moderates, then we'll get to the low moderates. It gives us the ability to prioritize systems um, in those categories. So it's a way to do that. And then finally, at the organization, it's the last thing we do at the organizational prepare step is we develop the continuous monitoring strategy for the organization. What controls is the organization going to monitor? How frequently is it, are they going to monitor them? Um, what tools are they going to use to monitor them? And of the controls they don't monitor, do we define any frequencies at the organizational level? And once we finish this task, we can check the block on organizational prepare, and then we move on to system prepare. And we look at this and holy, cow there's a lot of stuff holy cow man holy cow yeah you're gonna have to do this all day captain a um so for sure mission business mission or business focus how does our information system fit in with the focus of the organization so if our organization is is making widgets is our information system driving the widget making machine that's pretty critical or is it the lunch menu in the cafeteria not so critical right so where do we fit and when we figure out where we fit we know the level of rigor and depth of, of control implementation control selection control assessment we're going to figure that out because 
if we're tightly coupled with the organizational mission or business focus in our system, then we're going to get a, a closer look when we go to implement controls, to assess controls, those kind of things. Next is system stakeholders. Who's impacted by our information system? Networking, help desk, uh, business process owners. Who is it that's impacted by our system going live? And who would be impacted if the system doesn't go live? Um, assets, just determine assets. I, I think we're missing some, some words there. What's the actual terms uh, of that one? It's where we determine the assets in our information system, physical, uh, just asset identification. Physical and and logical, software, hardware, assets. What assets are going to make up our system? Do we have servers? Do we have workstations? Is it virtualized? Is it in the cloud? Um, do we need to buy software? Do we have software? Are we going to transfer software from somewhere else? How much money is it going to cost for the software and hardware? What are the assets that are going to make up the system? We have to define that here. And then authorization boundary. You know, where is the, the right size? Where the line, where's the line around the system that we're going to be responsible for? That line is, is going to determine where I'm going to implement the controls. Where are those controls going to go within the system? Outside the boundary, I, I, I care, but I don't care. I'm not responsible for those controls to the systems I'm connecting to, the system, things outside of my boundary. I don't have responsibility there. I have responsibility inside the circle. So we don't want to make the circle so big that it's going to take us forever to get through the RMF. And we don't want to make it so small that we have a whole bunch of systems we have to push through the RMF. So we want to try to get it the right size. So some of the things we think about are, is the, the same leadership uh, responsible for all the systems that we're controlling? Is the same mission being con conducted by the, the things within the circle? So then we have to determine information types. What types of information is going to be on our system? And a lot of times we have to work with the information owner, the information system owner, to help walk them through this this process. We have to get out that 860 volume one and volume two out and we have to look, okay, what type of system do you have? Is it an HR system? Okay, let's look in the HR section. Do you have, is it gonna be processing payroll information? Yes, okay, you gotta write down payroll information. Okay, is it going to be pro processing benefits benefits information? It is, okay. And, and eventually we'll get a list of information types. That's the process in that task. And then we need to figure out for those information types, where in the information lifecycle will each type be in our system? So will it be, will it be we just storing it? Or will we be creating the information? So we have to figure out in the information lifecycle, where will each of the information types be located at? And then we can do a risk assessment at the system level. We, look, we can look at the organization level risk assessment and the risk process. Yeah, Mike, does it have PII? Great, great exceptional point. Does it have PI? That's got to happen in the determination of information types. Because if it does, if you have information types that are classified as PII, then you get the privacy controls. That's some more controls you're going to get on, added on there, and you're going to have to deal with that law, right? Um, then we take the risk assessment. We know how the risk management strategy for the organization is. We know the risk assessment, what happened at the organization. We know because of our system's assets and our mission business focus, how we tie to that. Now we can do a risk assessment at the system level. What risks are we worried about? What are we worried about as we relate to tying into the organizational mission, right? So this, is, this was a big shift when we went to the RMF, is looking at risks holistically across the organization, but as they're introduced by the system. 
So for example, if our system is the only one in the organization that has Wi-Fi, then we've introduced a new threat, a new attack category, a new uh, vector of attack to the organization. So now we're gonna have to deal with that. Um, so system level risk assessment has to be done and then requirements definition. And this is really the start to determining um, this, the controls here in place. What are the requirements for the system? Do we require encryption? Um, it, is there a requirement for Wi-Fi? Um, is there a requirement for this, the system being available on mobile devices? All these requirements we have to define early. Uh, and like Mike pointed out very well, if there's PII on there, there's a requirement to protect PII. So we have to know these things. They're all done in, in a cycle. They're all done one after the other. But if we have to go back around, right? So maybe we've got the requirements definition. We're sitting there and we're talking about it and somebody brings up, well, you know, we've got to make sure we comply with the Privacy Act of 76. And you go, well, why would we have to do that? And they go, well, because we have PII. Well, way back there in the information types, nobody brought up PII. So now we have to go back to information types right there and add PII to our list, see if it changes anything. Obviously, it's going to change our risk assessment, right? Um, and then keep going. And then enterprise architecture. How do we fit into the enterprise architecture? That's the privacy architecture, the security architecture, the IT architecture. Um, the things we have to think about here are if we're building a system, you know, we know we're going to have some type of audit requirement. Logging, I should call it. Um, NIST likes to call it audit. Um, has different connotations in different environments. In the private sector, you say audit, it's a told, totally different thing. But we're talking about logging and monitoring, right? So those system logs have to go to somewhere. Maybe your organization is using, using Splunk like 80% of the world uses Splunk. When you build your system, you need to make sure that your system has connectors that work with Splunk. Maybe you're using McAfee, since we're talking about McAfee today, maybe we're using McAfee antivirus. McAfee's got to be able to be put on your system if that's a requirement, because we just defined that over there over there. So we have to make sure that we're fitting in, we're locking in with the enterprise architecture to include where is the system going to live? Is it in the DMZ? Is it in the core infrastructure? Is it in a protected zone like research or finance? Is it in the cloud? We've got to determine that, all that stuff in the enterprise architecture. Then we take the requirements we just defined. That's weird to point over over there, on whatever that line is over there. Um, oh, that's weird. My hand disappears into that. Okay, anyways. Um, we defined requirements earlier. Now it's requirement allocation. Where do those requirements belong in the system? So maybe we do have PII, but we only have PII in a small part of the system, and it's protected. There's some firewalls around it, and the PII can't get out of that little area. So we're only going to apply PII there. But maybe something like identification and, and, and authorization, that's going to apply to the whole system, right? So now we define where the requirements go, right? Is there a part of the system, and this is what we talked about tailoring the other day, you know, is there a part of the system that's going to be public facing and we don't want people logging in? So in that part of the system, we're not going to put uh, identification and authentication in place. So we're going to think about of the requirements we defined over there in step eight of, of this in the task eight in the prepare step uh, for the system level. It's not eight, don't look at, look, look for P8, it's, um, it's actually P15. Um, so where do, the, where do the requirements belong in the system? So we lay the system out, we look at all the servers, all the network gear, all the logical and physical connections, 
and we go, okay, here we're going to put PII controls in place. Here we have to put IA in place on all this stuff. Um, we have to put physical controls in place here. Where are all those requirements applied at the system level? Maybe many of them are going to be applied just across the entire system. And then finally, we get to the end, and it's system registration. We're going to register the system with the PMO or whatever uh, organization runs this at your, at your organization. Um, and they get there, and they're going to do things like, okay, do we have money for this? Does it fit into our life cycle for this year? Can we fit it in our PMO cycle? Or is there a system that's already being built that does the same exact thing that you just don't know about yet? Um, they're going to do all those things. They're going to determine all of those things, and they may even assign like a PM, uh, PM to you, uh, like a project manager. So that's what happens in system prepare. So we have these two things. We have we have organizational prepare, which are these tasks that have to be done before anyone can start the RMF. These have to be done before system number one starts the RMF. These things have to be done for every single system going through the RMF, right? And they're continually take, they're monitored all, like everything else. There's a continue mon continuous monitoring process on this, the, the, this process, right? So these have to be done. Organizational repair has to be done before any system goes through the RMF. These have to be done for each system that goes through the RMF. So maybe you're seeing where I see the flaw in the way NIST has their diagram. I think instead of this diagram, where we have prepare in the center, um, and that prepare should be, in my mind, like this. I think it, the, the, the flow looks like this. Organizational prepare is done first. We do those tasks, those seven tasks that have to be done for the organization before any system can go through the RMF. And then system prepare is just another step within the RMF. I don't know, what are your thoughts? What do you guys think about this way versus, I should have put it on the same slide, right? Versus this way, because this way we have prepare in the middle, both organization level prepare, prepare and system level prepare. I would even be okay with this diagram if that middle prepare was organizational level prepare and there was another block on the outside that was, or that was system level, excuse me, the center block is system level prepare and outside is organizational level prepare. I think organizational level prepare has to happen before any system starts the RMF. It has to be done before because we can't just can't go on. What are your thoughts? What do you guys think about that? Yeah, it's it's bunch of bunch of micro steps inside. Yeah, and a lot of these steps they existed before. It's not like the prepare step is brand new stuff. Common control, that was in step one in the old RMF. It didn't make sense because step one was all tasks that belonged to the information system owner, and then you had defined common controls, which was weird. So I like the fact that they added this prepare step. I like the ta fact that they broke some of these things out and assigned them a task because in the past, people would just, they would, they would, they would look at a task, they would kind of breeze through it, and then they would skip some of these things that are required. Like when you do an SCTM, when you create your security controls traceability matrix, your list of controls, when you tailor that thing, you're not done. It's got to be approved by the AO. And that always 
um, that always has been there. That approval by the AO has always been there. They just had to call it out now because people were skipping that step. Yeah, the new that one says question. New RMF has prepare in it. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, um, I don't know if that's a question, Mike, um, or if that's a statement. Yes, if it's a statement, yeah, I agree with you. The new RMF has prepare in it. The new cap, the cap does not have prepare in it, which is strange that revision two, revision two has been out so long, but the ISC squared cap examination doesn't even touch on it yet. Strange in my book. So yeah, I'm not sure, Mike, if that's a question or a statement. If it's a statement, I totally agree with you. If it's a question, I guess, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and if we go back, it's it, it's right. Oops. It's right. The way they look at it is here. They, they look at it. They look at it right here. This prepare step is right in the middle of everything. Anyways, my comment is, is that I think, to me, it makes more sense to have organizational prepare as a separate step outside of a system level process of the RMF. Because those organizational tasks have to happen before any system can start the RMF. That has to happen before System 1 starts the RMF, and it has to be done before System 1001 starts the RMF. But every single system from System 1 to System 1001 has to do that system level prepare. And I guess that's the, the comment that I, I think that um, that has to happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, the prepare step's been there. It's been there since the uh, RMF 2.0 came out, uh, revision 2. It's just the, the diagram to me looks funky. I'll, I will always look at it this way because those organizational prepare steps, that the organizational prepare tasks have to be done by the organization before anyone at all goes through the RMF with their system. That's my viewpoint of it. D, I don't know if you're around earlier today, but it is it's National Nacho Day. You know how you love National Nacho Day. So that's where we're at. As always, if you're if you guys can, if you don't mind sharing with your friends, it helps us grow a little bit. If you got like-minded folks out there, people in security, risk, and cyber, um, send them our way. Have them subscribe. Have them hit that button. Subscribe, hit the bell, that kind of thing. Let us know, you know, we're doing the right thing. Hit thumbs up for the, the video if you can. That helps logarithm. Um, and obviously, obviously, if you know, if you uh, if you want to comment, let me know below. What what do you guys want to talk about next week? We got a week coming up. Heck yeah, Mike says. Heck yeah. We gotta keep the sensors at. The overlords at YouTube happy. Gotta say heck yeah. Got weird light coming in. Sunshine outside. It's Friday, guys. Red Friday. Think about folks that are deployed, but also think about the weekend you got coming up. Get recharged. Get ready to go. Get ready for a new week next week. We got a lot to do. We got a lot of protection to do. Uh, we got to protect folks. We're just digging into the scratching the surface of the RMF. There's a lot to go over. Um, thank you for your comment, Eric. You're the one that brought this up, man. You brought it up, and I think it was worthwhile to cover not only Tuesday when we talked about it as a class, but in, in the bigger bigger view, because this prepare step is important. It sets the framework and the foundation for the entirety of the RMF that's coming up. 
Look at look at look at the sunshine right there. Sunshine. Look at my Tony go. I could be was it John Denver sh sunshine on my shoulder? Um, makes me happy. Makes me happy it's Friday, guys. So take care of your friends, your family, your coworkers. Bravos, I think, are off today. I think they do that every Friday off or every other Friday off. So go get some. Take care of your organization. Be ready to come back on Monday, charged up, 7.30 a.m. for Cup of Cyber, where we're going to talk about something new. If you want, if you're so inclined, throw in the comments below what you want to talk about next week. What's on your mind? What's, what's burning a hole in your mind? We'll put a day next week to talk about the uh, RMF course from Cyber Recon, what we're doing in there, how it looks. We'll walk through one of the steps, one of the tasks to show you how it looks and what is different from us from the other guys and you can make your decision so anyways that's all i gotta say until until monday be safe out there do good things and we'll see you then